You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, the bottom of the hour. John Allers, and I'm Doug's play-by-play voice for Bally Sports. SoCal will join us. Still taking your text messages. Do you actually know anyone who celebrates Festivus for real? I don't. No, you, Matty Rose does not. Um, and Huberto turning down open looks in front of the net uh, is like me turning down blank. We'll do those to wrap up the show. Uh, one more hour to go before Maddie and I shut it down for the holidays. Too bad. We'll see, we'll see you next year. See you next so year, bud. <laughs> we'll see you next year. Um, on the line right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sports at 960. We say good morning to Derek Wills. Derek, how are you, pal? Uh, I know I'm not going to get any sympathy from you guys, but okay. I'm a little tired this morning. These 830 <laughs> starts are killing me. Okay. They're killing me. <laughs> um, Matty Rose will get, you'll get sympathy for Matty Rose because he's been complaining about these 830 starts all week. They're oh, the worst. They're the yeah. worst. Yep. They're tough. It makes for a long day, and uh, uh, today an early morning for me, but uh, you guys are used to that. I'm not. Um, see, you guy, uh, well, more not you, Derek, but more Matt. Matt says, don't be an elitist from the Eastern time zone. Uh, you guys watch sports in a very elite time zone where stuff gets going at 5 o'clock. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Football at 11 a.m. It's all the perks of living in Calgary. You watch sports in a terrific time zone. Sometimes you, got, you both got to suck it up, Buttercup. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, you know what I'm going to be doing at 11 a.m. on Christmas morning? Watching the, your Miami Dolphins? That's right. I, I don't think they've, <laughs> in my lifetime, now my memory's not the greatest, but I don't think they've played on Christmas Day. So mm. I'm actually kind of excited about it. Now, here's my fear. Here's my fear. Oh, I'm, okay. uh, oh. I'm fearful that they lose and ruin my Christmas. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I hope they don't do that. Because it really will ruin my day. I think that's going to be a fascinating game against the Packers because Green Bay's offense all of a sudden looks like Green Bay's offense again. And don't look now, and I know a lot of things got to break their way, but the Packers potentially could sneak into a wild card spot here. I think that game is super intriguing Sunday, Derek. I hope it's not. I hope Miami wins uh, <laughs> 45 to nothing. That would be okay. a great Christmas gift. <laughs> I, I, You know what? Uh, maybe I should be more worried about the game than I am, but... Uh, the Dolphins should beat the Packers. Their offense is better. Their defense is better. The only wild card for me is Aaron Rodgers. Um, okay. So unless he turns back the clock, which I guess he has a little bit in the last handful of weeks, uh, the Dolphins should win that mm. football game. I thought it was a great game. Dolphins-Bills last week. I know uh, the wrong team won, but uh, that was a heck of a football game. Uh, looked like it was being played in a snow globe in the fourth right. quarter, so that was fun. But, uh, no, they got to find a way to win this week. They've lost three in a row. Uh, they deserve to lose the first two games. Uh, Could have won last week's game. Uh, got to win this week's game. You know, the Jets lost last night. They stink. Uh, the Patriots will probably lose again this week. But uh, you can't, can't count on other yeah, they will. teams to get you into the playoffs. So right. uh, you got to get the job done yourself. Start winning again. Yeah, going to be a fascinating matchup um, Sunday between the Dolphins and the Packers. Um Maddie and I talked about this, Derek. Uh, last Friday night, that home loss to the Blues, to me anyway, 
felt maybe like the low point of this Calgary Flame season. And then all of a sudden, a week later, with all these positive results on this California road trip, and I know it's two games against the Sharks, and I know it's an overtime loss last night, but they did fight back down two goals in the third period. I think if you're a Flames fan waking up this morning, you gotta you got to be feeling pretty damn good about this team right now with the amount of yeah. goals they've scored lately. Absolutely. And uh, the San Jose Sharks, the gift that just keeps on giving. Uh, the best line of the week goes to our friend Wes Gilbertson, who uh, said the Sharks couldn't check their email, <laughs> which is... True and funny. Uh, yeah, they can't. They're they're terrible defensively. They're not. Uh, they're not bad offensively. Eric Carlson, talk about turning back the clock. My goodness. You know he has led the league in points by defenseman four times. Make it five at least to this point in the season. Uh, he clearly wants to get traded, and the only way he's going to get traded with an eleven point five million dollar cap hit is to have the type of season he's having. Uh, he would be great ad if you could figure out uh, the money. And I'm sure the compensation wouldn't be uh, all that bad. But uh, outside of Eric Carlson and uh, Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer and Logan Couture, that's not a very good Sharks team. But you know what? You still got to go out there and, and beat the team that's in front of you. And the Flames did that. And you know, to your point, George, they scored 12 goals in those two games. And for a team that has struggled to score at times this season, that's got to help the offensive confidence. Uh, and then they get four more uh, in last night's game, so uh, or three more in last night's game, four would have been good. Uh, so 15 goals to, to start this road trip, five goals per game in California. That's uh, that's good. Flames are trending in the right direction, and five out of six points, more importantly. So if, if you beat a team you should beat in the Anaheim Ducks tonight, and you come home with seven of eight, then you feel really good going into the three-day Christmas break. Hey, how about Milan Lucic and Jonathan Huberto on three-point heaters going into this game tonight? What have you made of that line so far? Well, it's worked so far. Uh, I'm not going to come on the morning show and say something completely different than what I said uh, when I went on Flamestock when they put that line together. Uh, but long term, I, I don't see it being a fit. Uh, for me, I'm going to use the old muscle car analogy again. So old muscle cars, they can still perform at a high level, but it uh, generally... Uh, it takes a little bit of time for them to warm up. You know, it's not like a, a modern car where you get in and, and push the start button and, and start driving. You got to warm those engines up. So Milan Lucic for me is an old muscle car. Like, I think it's a great analogy because, you know, he's old by NHL standards and uh, he's very muscular as well. But, you know, he's a guy, you got to keep that engine warm, fellas, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, there's a sweet spot for his ice time. Uh, in the two games before he was a healthy scratch for three, he played just over five minutes, not enough to keep the engine warm. In the three games or four games now since he's come back into the lineup, I, I don't know what he played last night, but uh, he had played uh, around 13 minutes in the previous three games. So I think that's the sweet spot for him. When you 14, start asking him to play, yeah, so a little bit more. But when you start asking him to play 15, 16 minutes, 17 minutes some nights, which is mm -hmm. usually what guys in the second line play. I think that's too much outside of the sweet spot. But you know what? He has looked and sounded like a completely different person since that uh, three-game reset. And in hindsight, he said he needed it uh, just to decompress. He looked so frustrated and sounded so frustrated, guys. And it's hard to do anything in life when you're feeling frustrated. And, you know, he when he spoke to us before he made his return to the lineup, he 
didn't look like he wanted to, to kill everybody. Uh, and he, he just looked lighter, looser, and he's played that way. And he's a guy who, even at this stage of his career, can still make plays. And we've seen that in the last three games. I think he's played his best hockey of the season during this California road trip. So I don't think that him playing in a line with Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto long-term is a great fit. But short-term, Flames needed a spark, and he's helped give it to him. Do you think at times we take the pairing of Hannafin and Anderson for granted? Another outstanding performance by that pair yesterday. Yeah, I don't think they got off to the greatest start this season. I think they'd be the first two guys to tell you that, but I think they've really turned the corner. And as Daryl Sutter said after the game last night, uh, the top five guys have really done a good job for the most part. And, you know, individuals have had off nights here and there, but as a group of five, uh, you look at that top pairing of Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson, and then right now the second pairing of Mackenzie Wieger and Chris Tanev. They really started to play well together. They're really good defensively. I still think there's a little bit more there offensively, more so for Mackenzie than for Chris. And then Nikita Zadorov, uh, I think he slots best as your number five guy, and I think he'd probably be one of the best number fives in the NHL. When you ask him to play top four minutes on a regular basis, I, there's been a bit of a drop-off in his play, but, you know, as uh, kind of the anchor on that third pairing, I think he's been really good. For me, they need a number six guy that they can give a regular shift to. Uh, Michael Stone was really good before his injury, but I think he's fallen off a little bit since coming back, and uh, basically he got sat down for the last seven or eight minutes of the third period last night. Didn't play another shift. And, you know, they've had some younger, inexperienced guys uh, try to be that number six or seven guy, and no one's really grabbed that job. I thought Dennis Gilbert uh, probably did uh, the best, but he's on IR right now, so he's not available. So I'm actually anxious to see if Daryl Sutter takes Michael Stone out tonight. Uh, I probably wouldn't, but uh, I'm wondering if he will. And if he does, uh, it could be Connor Mackey or it could be Nick DeSimone. He likes lefties on the left and righties on the right. So if he does make a change, maybe uh, a righty and DeSimone gets in there tonight uh, against the Ducks. But uh, for the most part, the top five defensemen have been really good this season. And uh, a lot like last season, it's been uh, Hannafin and Anderson leading the way. I thought they were terrific last night. Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames for Sportsnet 960, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, is this Markstrom's start tonight maybe uh, a bit of a deterrent so it's not a letdown spot here right before the holiday break against a bad Ducks team? Could be, George. We were talking about that yesterday because I thought they'd probably go back to Jacob versus the Kings. For me, it was the biggest game of the road trip. Some were saying the biggest game of the season, and I get it. It was a proverbial four-pointer uh, against the team that going into last night's game was five points ahead of the Flames in the standings, and uh, the Kings had played a couple more games and still have. So the Flames do have those two games in hand, but you could have cut five down to three with two games in hand, and, and that's pretty good math. Uh, instead, five goes to six. Now you still have two games in hand and a lot of games left to play. So, you know, it wasn't uh, a must win or anything like that for the Flames, but decided to go to Dan Vladar. It was his first start since he gave up five on 34 and a 5-4 overtime loss to the Maple Leafs back on December 10th. So it had been a little while since he played, but even though he gave up four last night, guys, I don't know if you, you see it the same way. I thought he played a pretty good game. Uh, I'll have to watch the goals again this morning. 
when I start doing my prep. But uh, last night when we talked about it post game, there weren't any goals that you know, I thought, well, I should have had that one. It could have maybe, but not should have. And he did what uh, I expect goaltenders to do, and that's give their team a chance to win. I actually thought he was the better of the two goaltenders last night because he had a lot more difficult night, in my opinion, than Phoenix Copley did. So Dan Vladar was just fine last night. Uh, and for Jacob Markstrom, uh, he's really turned the corner here. He had started five straight prior to last night's game. And I know the numbers still don't look all that great, but uh, he's playing a lot better. He's eliminated giving up that early goal. He's eliminated giving up the bad goal for the most part. And he's given his team a chance to win. And he's been uh, really good against the Ducks in his career. So they're going to need a strong performance from him tonight because, uh, to your point, George, these games, the final game of a long road trip and the final game before a break, whether it be the Christmas break or the All-Star break, they can be banana peels because mm -hmm. the road team can get caught with one foot on the ice and one foot on the plane. Now, what probably helps the Flames here is that because they have such a short Christmas break, most guys can't go home. And I talked to Noah Hannafin about this yesterday. Most of the guys are coming back to Calgary. And normally, if you had, say, five days for Christmas, guys would fly directly from Los Angeles to go home to see their family and friends. Not with three days because, well, first of all, it's a short break. Second of all, does anybody trust airline travel at this point in time? I mean, <laughs> uh, I think all the flights out of Pearson have been canceled today, going into and uh, out of Toronto. Uh, same with Vancouver. So it's a bit of a mess trying to fly right now. So I think most of the guys are just coming back to Calgary. So maybe they're going to have a little bit different mindset than if they were thinking ahead to, okay, I got to scramble and get home, see my family and friends, and then scrambling and back. So hopefully that helps the Flames uh, be in the right uh, headspace going into tonight's game against the Ducks. As we look forward, this this game against the Ducks kind of does loom large. I'm, I'm wondering what the lineup is going to be. But one more before we get to that. Uh, what is going through your mind? as Jonathan Huberto doesn't pass up yeah. one, but two outstanding opportunities to shoot the puck in overtime, and the second of which ends up with the puck in the back of the Flames' net. Yeah, uh, if you listen to the call, you'll know. <laughs> uh, because uh, I was uh, yeah, I was pretty animated in uh, saying that huh. uh, he tried to force passes instead of shooting. Uh, you guys were talking about Festivus earlier. Uh, if I were to air my grievances, uh, that would be one of them. He should have shot the puck. And you know what? To his credit, and he's a great guy. I don't know if you've met him yet, but he's a great guy. Uh, and he's one of those guys who you want to cheer for and you want to give the benefit of the doubt to. So I will. Uh, and one of the reasons why I like him so much is he's accountable. And after last night's game, he said it's something he struggled with his whole career. And in hindsight, yeah, he should have shot the puck. He admitted it. Uh, and the, the thing about three-on-three -three overtime, fellas, you always want to keep the puck moving in the right direction because when there's only six skaters on the ice, that leaves a lot of time and a lot of space, and you don't want the puck going uh, south when it should be going north. And what happens when you try to make those cute passes and the puck ends up going south is sometimes the game goes south, and that's what happened on the second opportunity that he passed up on last night. Now... With that said, to play devil's advocate with myself, if he completes the pass and that leads to a tap-in goal, we're all singing his praises this morning, right? Yep. Right. Didn't, so we're not. But hopefully he learns a lesson from that. It's going to give the coaches some tape to work with. 
because I think there have been a lot of opportunities for him to shoot the puck this season where that would have been the right decision. He's made some great passes that have worked out and led to goals for, but I think the coaches are probably going to sit him down, show him the clip of those uh, two passes that didn't work out and of the shots that were available in those situations. And probably as good a tape as they've had all season just to show him that he needs to be a little bit more selfish. He's a great playmaker, maybe the best in the game, but sometimes the shot's the right play. Uh, Derek, you mentioned Festivus. Have you yourself or do you know anybody in your life who celebrates Festivus even to this day? I think Pat Steinberg does, doesn't he? <laughs> really? Maybe. I don't know. He might. I'm just start, starting a rumor here. but <laughs> I think he's more facetious about it in the sense where I don't think he actually gets to pull and airs his grievances. So wait. So if Pat Steinberg is going to do that for the broadcast tonight, you, Lou, and uh, Patty, you're going to do the feats of strength too? Is that what's going to be busted out at the downtown studio? That would be a lot of fun. That, w- that would be I a would ton be. of fun. I uh, might swing by if you guys are doing feats of strength. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> sounds like more of a morning show bit than uh, Calgary Probably. Flames hockey on Sportsnet 960, the fan um, bit. But uh, uh, that would be some good radio. Maybe you guys should plan ahead. Yeah, next year. Do it. Yeah, I don't celebrate Festivus. I love Christmas, though. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, I have to ask you, too, uh, what is your go-to Christmas Eve uh, beverage? Do you have something traditional that you like to do every Christmas Eve? Well, my go-to beverage uh, 365 days a year is wine. <laughs> okay. But I also I also right. like sipping rum. I like sipping tequila. Uh, now, I do, and this might be a little controversial, I do enjoy eggnog during the holiday Ooh. season. You and Garrett. Um, and it's better oh. with a little bit of spiced rum or at least dark rum in there. Yep. Okay. So And 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 to spice things up a little bit, uh, my favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's oh. Christmas Vacation. Of course. And this year, I was in Banff this summer. And you know how they have that, George, you might not know this, but Matt, you probably do. They have that year-round Christmas store right yes. in the main drag in Banff. Sure do. So I was in there wandering around, and you know what I found? I found the Clark Griswold Moose Mug. Oh, and I had to there it. it is. Yeah. So I, I keep nice. forgetting I have it, but it's it's in the cupboard, and I'm going to get that out, and I'm going to pour myself some eggnog, probably after the game tonight, because that's when my Christmas break starts. Sweet. So uh, looking forward to it, yeah. Uh, our, our techno director, Garrett, was apparently raised on the dairy, and he thinks he likes eggnog so much, Derek, that it should be available 365 days a year. There's a tune from uh, Christmas Vacation right there. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, catchy, right? Uh, yeah. No, no, I, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, where it's special because you can't get it all the time. Now, here, right. here's another one I'm wondering about, and maybe Garrett can uh, jump in and and share his thoughts. So oh. I've seen a few people tweet about uh, instead of putting milk or cream in their coffee, they put eggnog in their coffee. Oh, I've heard of it. I've never tried it. Would though. that work? I feel like or it would could they work. like? Is there actually eggs in eggnog? Because wouldn't they cook if you put them into a hot beverage? Like I don't need an I egg floating on top of my coffee in the morning. Not, that's that's not, not how you start your day. Not really. I don't how think it, there's like chunks of eggs in it. I don't think that's really how it works. <laughs> yeah. Why do they call it eggnog then? I think there, there is eggs in it, but I don't think it would cook if you put it in the coffee. <laughs> I don't think it well, would turn. We're into gonna have to find out. Solid egg when you warm it up. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not gonna be like a yolk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! We're gonna have, have this is a science experiment. We're gonna up. have to do it out, guys. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. On that note, 
Um, is I haven't had any rum and eggnog this morning. It might sound like I have, but uh, dairy hangover. I don't know if I've ever had one of those. Yeah, maybe is that you when you have too much dairy? And tell us how that will go. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like no. a lot of fun. That, that's that not how terrible. I want to spend my Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a dairy hangover. Um, Derek, all the best during the holidays, pal. Uh, it's always a pleasure that you take time out of your morning to jump on with us. We look forward to way more chats in the new year. Take care. Thanks for this. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, good to see you're getting a month off and Matt uh, is getting a day off. George, uh, enjoy your Christmas. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Derek. It's more like three Merry weeks. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, it's more like three weeks. But thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. So, yeah, I'm off. Um, I'm off next week. I'm off the following week. Jeez. And I'm back the Wednesday on the 11th. Yeah, it's like two and a half. That's that's a beauty. Yeah. Because there was an like email sent by our boss yesterday. Hey, here's our schedule. Here's who's off. And it's like, George, off till January 11th. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm putting up the deuces right now. Bye. I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm doing. Hey, hey, Maddie. Yeah, what's up? Don't hate because you ain't. That's all I got to say. <laughs> don't hate. That feels that feels unnecessary. No, really? I'm not going to do that to you. Unbelievable. Listen, if anybody out there has the chance to take that much time off for Christmas, they do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would too. 100 percent. But somebody's got to do the state. You and Patty Dumas are doing shows in my abs in my absence. No, I'm going to be gone for like ten days. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, all right. It's uh, Patty. It's how many shows you doing? <laughs> Lots, right? Uh four, <laughs> four with Logan. Yeah, and then uh, two with Matt. Me? Oh, okay. Yeah, on the start, the January 9th and tenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's okay. Fine. Um, and I'll be back Wednesday the eleventh. So looking oh, forward to that. Can't wait. We'll have our okay. NFL playoffs by then. Yeah, we're we gonna do our picks while we're away. No, come on. <laughs> we're gonna do playoffs, right? Or is it done after? Yeah, of course season? we are. We yeah. go up into the Super Bowl. Damn right. Okay. I'll send you guys the song you're gonna sing so you can practice it over the holidays. Okay, Com- keep keep it in your pants, Rose. That you're gonna win. <laughs> it's always a lock. Wow. Well. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... The only one above 500 is who? Okay. Well, I go over 500 with a win yesterday. That was me. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we got to get to John uh, Allers. Um, Anaheim Ducks play-by-play voice for Valley Sports SoCal. By the way, um, Derek Wills was brought to you by Atlas Pizza. It rocks. 403-248-3344. The best. One more segment to go before I'm off for weeks and weeks. <laughs> It's the big show. <laughs> He's off forever. forever. Enjoy. I can't wait till I get here, that. Stupid lazy Easterner. All right. Hallelujah. Holy. Where's the Tylenol? All right. We gotta more. get out of here. All right. More big show next. Sports at nine sixty. The fan. <laughs> Listening to the big show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is the big show. We'll be live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio here for another 20 or so minutes before we wrap things up. 
for the holidays. Flames in Anaheim tonight to square off against the Ducks. 8.30 start to finish off their four-game California roadie to talk about the Ducks side of things. John Allers, Anaheim Ducks play-by-play voice for Bally Sports SoCal. Uh, John, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for jumping on uh, this morning. I have to ask you, um, obviously the Ducks are in a transition year where uh, maybe wins aren't the most important thing. It's about young players. It's about player development. It's about looking towards the draft on where the Ducks eventually will land in that draft lottery. As a broadcaster, as a person who works in the media, how tough is it to cover a team that you know is going to struggle in a season? It's a challenge. Uh, You bring up a great point. I mean, night in, night out, obviously there are stories to tell. Uh, for a team over the course of an 82-game season. And uh, those are the storylines you focus on. But it seems at times like I think for us what we try to do for our fans is we try to focus a little more on the opponent uh, than maybe we would in years past. There's always stories to be told on both sides. We're we're fortunate with our situation in that um, we've always uh, tried to tell the story of both teams. I'm not saying all broadcasts do that. Um, and I've always been a proponent of there's two teams on the ice, and especially when it comes to the opponent, we don't expect that our fans know as much about them as we do. So uh, we take the opportunity when maybe the team doesn't have as much shine or as much bloom on the rose, you know, to tell those stories of the other team. Obviously, over the course of the game, uh, things unfold the way they do, uh, but uh, there, there are challenges for everyone in a season like this, including ourselves. John, wanted to ask you about uh, Trevor Zegris because as far as guys that can definitely bring you out of your seat, even if the game maybe isn't going in the Ducks' direction, he would certainly be one of them. What have you seen from Zegris this season? And I think it's also important to point out, needs a new contract after this year. Yeah, he needs one. Troy Terry will need one, and Jamie Drysdale will need one. Those are probably... Um, you know, top of list for, for general manager Pat Verbeek when the offseason rolls around as far as the work he needs to do. Um, Zegers is a player, to your point, that, that brings people out of their seats. And, and with that in mind, he brings people into the arena. And, and that's been a real fun aspect of, of watching him develop. I know you guys talked about, you know, development. I think that's what this season is about. And, and it's, you know, a number of players that are being watched. Uh, Mason McTavish is in that list as well as to how their development goes uh, because they're the core moving forward. But Zegris is, you know, he's known for the lacrosse goals. We've seen him try to pick the puck up a couple times. Uh, he's so good at it, and he does it just in, in one motion that you can almost miss it if, he, if he's unsuccessful and he tries to do it in a game. I've seen him start to do it a couple of times this year already, but we haven't seen him score any of those goals. And I'm not sure that we will see him score any of them this year. His development has been one of the things that I've noticed, and maybe maybe the layman or the, or the average fan wouldn't pick up on, but the things like winning face-offs, being defensively responsible, uh, and, and making the simple play when it comes to dumping pucks in when you're forced to or there's nothing left to do at the end of a shift are, are things that you know just haven't come naturally to him because he's been so gifted and he's been so much better than a lot of the, uh, the opponents he's played against throughout his career up until now. And, and those are the things the Ducks are looking for from him because 
if he's going to play center in this league and he's going to be on the ice in those critical moments, he has to be a player that can be trusted by the coaching staff. He still has those aha moments where the skill is just off the charts and, and it's, it is so much fun to watch because of what he is able to do and what comes so naturally for him. I think when he first came on the scene, a lot of people, a lot of old school folks, you know, and just old folks like myself were like, ah, you can't do that in the NHL. But he, he does some things that he can do because they are so natural to him and he's not showing off and he's not showboating and he's not trying to do the things that sometimes you see players do and they come out of junior because they got away with it in junior. He's just that skilled. I think the transition for Trevor is making that transition from being a highly skilled player, which he was on day one when he entered the national hockey league mm-hmm. to becoming a bona fide good NHL player. I still think there's there's work in, in in progress before he will reach that point. So I wonder if there's a comparison here because I think of the Flames and even back a few years ago when they weren't making the playoffs, the leaner years, they were still having an opportunity to grow chemistry between Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan and that was a pair for a long time until Monaghan's injuries caught up with him and, and things kind of changed. But is Zegris maybe finding chemistry with someone that's going to be on the team long-term so they can kind of have that, that duo going forward after these rough years? Kind of a little bit of a base start. Yeah, that player is Troy Terry. They've been on the line together all season long. Troy is, uh, has taken gargantuan steps in the last two years to becoming the player that they hoped he would. I, I always thought there was a lot of expectation put on Troy after his performance in the Olympics. Uh, back in, I believe it was 2020, or excuse me, 2018, uh, because he was a fifth-round draft pick. And I, and I always would caution people. I'd say, since when do you, since when do you have expectations like this of a fifth-round draft pick? But, but Troy just, he made great steps in his time at Denver University, his time in the, in the U.S. program and, and with the Olympic team. And, and, and then it, it, it took a while for Troy. And then last year, of course, he had the breakthrough year, scored 37 goals. Uh, got off to a great start this year. He's leading the team in goals and assists and points and, and every every major offensive category. And, and it's just been great to watch because Troy's a, a leader in the making, and he's he's a responsible player and he's and he's a strong, you know, offensive player that uh, I think Zegers can feed off of. It's fun to watch them. You got you guys made me think back. I remember when Johnny Gaudreau came on the scene and. And, you know, those of us who would come in and see him play three and four times a year were like, well, he's going to get he's going to get knocked into next week by somebody. He's a little guy. Yeah, he's pulling that stuff off now. But, you know, wait till everybody gets wise to him and gets a, you know, gets a scouting report on him and they get a book on him and there's no way. And and, and that's a that's a great analogy because Johnny Goudreau never looked back and and he always avoided the big hit because he's so skilled and, and because he's so quick and because of his instincts, and, and we're hoping that Trevor Zegras remains that player uh, who continues to be able to show off that skill and yet, as I said, becomes that good NHL player and becomes a, you know, a Batman to, to a Robin like Troy Terry because uh, that's a duo our fans would look forward to watching for years to come. John Allers, Anaheim Ducks, play-by-play voice for Bally Sports. SoCal joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, John, what is it going to take for John Gibson to to regain his form as being one of the elite goaltenders? 
in the NHL because the last couple seasons have been a struggle. And sure, you can potentially maybe try to move him. And I know he has a limited no-movement clause, and he also has a ton of money left on his deal. What have you seen from John Gibson? Is there any glimpses of the old John Gibson returning here anytime soon? Or maybe some of that is just the team in front of him, too. Yeah, my my first thought when you asked me that is he, he needs to have better defensive zone coverage in front of him. And, I, and I'm not picking on the group they have on the back end. I'm talking about the entire team. Early in the season, this team really struggled in their defensive zone coverage. And John was that goaltender that we saw uh, from years past and still is. I mean, he makes the acrobatic athletic saves. He's, he's solid. But, you know, the volume of shots he's seeing and the volume of high-quality shots he's seeing would ruin the numbers of almost any goaltender in the National Hockey League. The Ducks have, I think I have a note, where they've given up 40 shots or more 16 times already this season. And when you look at where those shots come from on a night-to-night basis, he is facing a number of grade-A, high-quality shots. And I think that volume has worn on him. It's worn on him to the point where right now he's injured. Uh, he's got a lower body injury. Uh, I suspect it, it could be, you know, the, the typical groin injury that goaltenders deal with. The Ducks are just calling it a lower body injury. Um, but he, you know, he he's he's been a workhorse for this team. He regularly plays 50 to 60 games a season. And these last couple of years, he has seen a lot more high quality uh, opportunities than most goalies in the league. As a result, his numbers have struggled, but he is still the same goaltender that went to the Western final back in 17 against Nashville with these ducks and, and has been the, the go-to guy for, for a number of years now here in Anaheim. I know, you know, it's uh, they say life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. It's hard for me to believe he's been here for huh. eight or nine years, but uh, that's been the case. And uh, I think, you know, the simple answer is, uh, better play in front of him, and you'll you'll see the goaltender that you you're accustomed to seeing. Wanted to ask about John Klingberg. This guy plays eight seasons in Dallas. He becomes a free agent, doesn't sign until late in the free agency period, and gets a one year deal with the Anaheim Ducks. And the Ducks press release might as well have said, "We're going to trade this guy during the season, just not yet." He has a no trade clause from season start until January first, and then it turns into a ten team no trade clause. Like if there's ever been a clause that says we're going to deal this contract. That one is certainly it. How has his uh, first 27 games been in a Ducks uniform? And who else might be on the move with this Ducks team? Uh, well, I, uh, first word I think of is clunky. Oh, um, no. You know, John, huh. he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very likable uh, guy, and I, I, he's a very confident guy. But, you know, I think, to your point, both sides agreed, you know, by the terms of that deal that you just pointed out that, Hey, this is going to be a short term relationship. Uh, but uh, you know, for the first time in his, in his NHL life, he changed teams and that's always uh, a little bit of a transition for any player. And, and he struggled just like the rest of the team did early in the season. And the numbers showed it. He didn't produce offensively as much as he's accustomed to, um, you know, he's never been known as a as a stalwart defensive defenseman, but the Ducks' power play has has really not clicked the way they would have liked with, with John out there either, to the point where at times he's been on the second power play unit. Um, and, you know, I, what, the, there's little things in life that the fans, for the most part, can't bother themselves with, but 
you know, that we all have to, I think, take note of. And that's the fact that these guys are people. His wife gave birth during his first exhibition game with the Ducks. He played the first two periods and then didn't appear in the third period. And we were told later that he had to leave to go to the hospital because she went into labor. So, you know, they, they welcome a new member of their family during the preseason, during his first game with the team. Uh, I spoke with him, and he said, you know, both families came in to help out. It was their second child. And, you know, there was just a huge amount of transition. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but it was it was a clunky start. And I think it's it started to smooth out here over the last couple of weeks. He, he missed, I think, six or seven games with a lower body injury. That didn't help. Came back and has found his scoring at least his scoring a bit. I think he scored three goals now in the last four games, and, and that's what John Klingberg is here to do, bring offense on the defensive side. How long he's here to do it, that remains to be seen. Uh, as far as the rest of the team and who you could look for to, to, to maybe move between now and the trade deadline, there are some defensemen uh, that are on the team. Kulikov's on an, ex- an expiring contract. So is Kevin Shattenkirk, maybe a team looking for a, a power play specialist type uh, defenseman, they might be interested in him. Dmitry Kulikov is a, you know, he's a meat and potatoes defenseman. He'll block a lot of shots. He's a veteran. He's been around. I could see teams, you know, wanting to add a little depth there as far as that's concerned. Um, up front, I don't think there's any expiring con- uh, contracts that jump out at me. So, you know, as was the case last year at the trade deadline, uh, there was a real turnover on the blue line. And there could be a real turnover on the blue line again, uh, you know, as we mentioned, between now and I don't even know when the deadline is this year. I think it's in March sometime. Third, yeah. Uh, John Allers, Anaheim Ducks, play-by-play voice for Bally Sports SoCal. John, great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. All the best during the holidays. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you as well. And there's John Allers on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dine and pick up or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast or call 403-248-3344. Uh, got a couple minutes to go. Um, we've got a request on the text line. I didn't realize we got to do the 12 Days of Christmas uh, featuring Lou, which isn't really Lou. Uh, we'll do that. <laughs> Uh, to wrap it's a up tradition. Uh, the show. We'll do that to wrap up the show. Uh, quickly on our question about Festivus, um, kind of interesting here. Um, the Lighthouse Pub in Queensland is celebrating it tonight. Um, Philip from Cranston, my brothers and a bunch of childhood friends have been celebrating Festivus for over 20 years. Tonight we celebrate at the Blackbird Pub. It's a great excuse to toss back a few bevies while airing our grievances and uh real quick jonathan huberto text too. uh jonathan huberto passing up chances in front of the net is like me turning down free beer at the saddle dome uh thanks for all your text messages and apparently full strength kirkland eggnog from costco is amazing in coffee it's got to be full strength need the full fat yeah full strength um that's pretty much it for us. Uh, we'll be back in the new year. I uh, want to thank uh, Matty Rose. He's been very accommodating uh, with my move to Calgary. I want to thank him. Super nice. Patrick Dumas, Alex Brody, doing a terrific job behind the scenes, uh, making the show on the air. Garrett, GVP, jumping in, um, doing a great job, filling in for Alex and learning about his uh, thirst for dairy that is never quenched. <laughs> uh, I want to do that. And I want to thank the listeners. Um it's been a really uh, 
Really interesting year for this guy, 2022. A lot of change, uh, but change for the good. And uh, really looking forward to uh, what the future holds in Calgary for this guy in 2023. So all the best to all of our listeners. Uh, Stay safe out there. Have a ton of fun during the holidays. And uh, as we like to say on the show, talk to you next year. Uh, We'll do that. Uh, We'll talk to you next year. Uh, Maddie. great stuff. Uh, We want to end on the 12 days of Christmas. Let's do that right here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All the best during the holidays. Bye, George. Bye. See you later. Bye. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a Coke Zero with Nancy. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two Hamilton Bulldogs and a Coke Zero with Nancy. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three because to me. Two Hamilton Bulldogs and a Coke Zero with Nancy. And on that fourth day of Christmas, my true love, you know what she gave to me? I can tell you this. Four Minnesota Vikings, three because to me's, two Hamilton Bulldogs and a Coke Zero with my love, Nancy. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five World Junior titles. Four Minnesota Vikings, three because to me's, two Hamilton Bulldogs, and a Coke Zero with Nancy spitting all over my phone. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six rental cars, five World Junior titles, four Minnesota Vikings, three because to me, three now I make that two Hamilton Bulldogs and a Coke Zero with Nancy. And on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven without questions, six <laughs> rental cars, five World Junior titles, four Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah, three because to me, two Hamilton Bulldogs and a Coke Zero with Nancy. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight good people. Eight. And seven without questions. Six rental cars. Five world junior titles. Four Minnesota Vikings. Three because to me. And listen, two Hamilton Bulldogs. And a Coke Zero (laughs) with Nancy. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Nine innings of fastball in a town you never heard of. Eight good people. Seven without questions. Six rental cars. Five world junior titles. Four Minnesota Vikings. Three because to me, two Hamilton Bulldogs. And yeah, a Coke Zero with Nancy. And on that 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, Pat, Ten one-word answers, look out. Nine innings of fastball. Eight good people. Seven without questions. Six rental cars. Five world junior titles. Momo Sweden. Four Minnesota Vikings. Three because to me. Two Hamilton Bulldogs. And yeah, you know I'm going for that Coke Zero with Nancy. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. 11 days of Max Midget Tournament. I wish I was calling it 
10 one-word answers. Look out. Nine innings of fastball. Eight good people. Uh, seven without question. Six rental cars. Five world junior titles. That 014 was the greatest. Five, uh, four Minnesota Vikings. Three because to me, two Hamilton Bulldogs. Yes, I've been in the business 39 years. And a Coke Zero with NC. And on that 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12. You can beat it. 11 days of Max Midget Tournament. 10 one-word answers. Look out. Nine innings of fastball. Eight good people. Seven without questions. Six rental cars. Five world junior titles. Wish I was in Helsinki. Four Minnesota Vikings. Three because to me. Two Hamilton Bulldogs. And Pat, all I want is a Coke Zero with Nancy. Think that deserves a round of applause? Yeah. And guess what, pal? All your listeners are good people. I'm out. Well, not much other, not much else to do but to throw to break after that. That is a drop the mic. Peter Labardius saying goodnight.